0: Come, let us bow our heads in prayer. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be found acceptable to Almighty God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, I have two readings for us this morning. and uh, The first comes to us from uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through to 18. I'm reading from the NIV, and it reads as follows. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then our second reading is just one verse from Matthew chapter 5, one of the Beatitudes where Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God. Until so far, may God bless the reading of His holy and precious Word. The story is told of a four-year-old and a six-year-old who presented their mom with a house plant. They had used their own money to buy it, and she was thrilled. The older of them said, with a very sad face, There was a bouquet at the flower shop that we wanted to give you. It was really pretty, but it was too expensive. It had a ribbon on it that said, Rest in Peace. And we thought it would be just perfect, since you are always asking for a little peace so that you can rest. Friends, it doesn't take much for us to realize that we are living in a world of turmoil. Just switch on your TV and and turn to the news and you'll soon see that people all over the world are not at peace. And if you're still not convinced, I'll give you some synonyms for peace and then you'll recognize why I say that we're in this situation when we hear the antonyms of peace. So the synonyms for peace are harmony and calm, quiet, serenity, tranquility, order, and stability. And there's so many other that that would portray peace. The opposite of all that, or the antonyms for peace, is conflict, discord, disorder, strife, trouble, turmoil, unrest, fighting, and war. And just looking at, at, at that second list that I just read, that are the antonyms for peace, I'm sure that you'll relate and agree with me that there is no peace in the world, even sometimes in our own homes and, and just all around us in our workplaces. There's just, just no peace. The reality of life, friend, is that our lives are characterized by a lack of peace and a presence of turmoil. And so this morning, in terms of our, our theme which is shoes for the gospel of peace, I want us to look at three points. The first thing I wish to draw attention to is the misunderstanding of peace. I feel that one can safely assume that strife, conflict, turmoil, etc. is what is born inside of us, But, but then it gets expressed outwardly by men and women alike. The lack of peace within nations to the lack of peace between just two people, it all reflects a lack of peace from within. Yet, isn't it true that we're all yearning, we're all crying out for peace? Maybe some of us want to echo the author of Lamentations uh, 3 verse 17 who said, I'm deprived of peace. I have forgotten what it is to be happy. I'm even inclined to suggest that just taking a look at what is happening between Russia and Ukraine confirms the misunderstanding of peace. President Putin of Russia says that his country's peace can only be assured if Ukraine does not align itself with the West. It was a BBC um, journalist who said that He said his justification for war is that modern, western-leaning Ukraine was a constant threat to Russia, who could not feel safe, develop, and exist. Now, if ever there is a, a paradox, then this is one. War to bring about peace? And so we can ask the question, is the peace that is being sought really true peace? Why? Why is there no peace in the world and around us? Could it be that the peace that we pursue is different from someone else's peace? There are many people going around the world just trying to ensure peace in the world, yet we remain a world in turmoil. But it's interesting just to get Jesus's take on peace as well. Jesus gives us An interesting insight into what true peace is all about. You may remember in John chapter 14 verse 27, he he echoed these words, he said these words, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And when I read that passage and and try and analyze it, I I, I get the distinct impression that he clearly differentiates between the kind of peace that he offers, you and me, to the peace that the world offers us. Maybe even that that the peace we have is not true peace at all, is what Jesus is saying. Because we have so many false understandings and precepts of what peace is all about. In fact, in, in Ezekiel's time, there were false prophets assuring the people of peace in their land when obviously there wasn't. In Ezekiel 13 verse 10, We read God saying through Ezekiel that some have misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And so I believe that we need a clear understanding of peace if we want peace. If we do not understand the true definition of peace, we may be misled into believing there is peace when there is none. For the people of the world, the absence of conflict, turmoil, or strife could mean peace. But really, is that peace? Is that true peace? Can I suggest, friend, that as a Christ follower, we must concern with more than, the, than simply the lack of conflict? Peace is not merely an absence of conflict or strife or turmoil. When the outward conflict dies down, then the inner conflict begins to come to the surface. The real need for humankind is more than the absence of physical conflict in the world that is around us. It is, it is for true inner peace, a peace with God that we ought to be striving for. You see, if I don't have peace with God, I cannot have peace with my neighbor. In fact, I won't even be able to share true peace with my neighbor, and that is a reality. I need to first have peace with God before I can have peace with those around me. The second point I wish to make is that we have a supplier of peace. We have a supplier In Isaiah 9, verse 6, we read of Jesus' birth. It said, For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. He shoulders responsibility and is called amazing advisor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, God is the provider of peace. God is the source of true peace. True peace can only come to you and me from God. Isaiah also proclaimed, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so if we really want peace, we have to trust God first and foremost. Our trust places us in the position where the basis for peace is shifted from ourselves and our circumstances to the faithfulness of the God of the universe when we allow our circumstances to come in the way of our trust in God, we cannot expect to have peace. But if our peace depends on the unchangeable God, then things can be coming apart all around us. We can have conflict on every side, but we will have inner peace when we have it with God. And remember, friend, this is not the worldly kind of peace defined as an absence of conflict, but an inner peace in the midst of conflict because we trust in God. It is a peace that comes from God, the provider of all peace. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church at Rome, wrote that this peace is peace with God through Christ. He wrote, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are at peace with God, it means we are no longer in conflict with God or at war with God. And so what Paul was suggesting is that before we trusted God, we were at war with God. We withdrew, in a sense, from His peace, the peace that He wanted to offer you and me. And only when we truly surrender to Christ, the hostilities cease, And we can experience this peace. And only then can we have peace also with others. But there's even more to this peace. We not only have peace from God and peace with God, but we also have the peace of God. In Philippians 4, Paul writes, Philippians 4 verse 7, he says, And the peace of God which passes surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, it is a peace from God, peace with God, and the peace of God that we have when we are in proper relationship with the God who offers us peace. And this brings us to our third point. My third observation is that it is a peace that must be shared. Wasn't it Jesus who, who said, blessed are the peacemakers? When he said he gave us the Beatitudes, rules of, to live by, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And so if we trust Jesus completely, there will be a natural, I believe, outflowing, outpouring of peace. Peace that we've experienced in Him. The Apostle Paul lists peace as one of the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, it is a fruit of our relationship with Him by the Spirit of God. But those words, blessed are the peacemakers, doesn't always sound like a lot of fun. When I was younger, I didn't get into many fights, nor when I was older. But I, did get in, I remember getting into one fight at high school. It was with uh, another chap who was busy bullying my brother. Not, not that that made it right for me to be fighting, but thank goodness that fight also ended very quickly because uh, we, we both didn't like fighting. But as four brothers growing up in a home, there were often fights, and often my dad would take off the leather strap to get us back into order. He used the strap to bring about peace among us. Another paradox. But what we learn from Jesus was really radical for his day when he speaks about being peacemakers. Remember that the Jews were expecting and waiting for a Messiah to come who would lead them against the Roman oppressor. They thought that he was going to be this mighty warrior who would lead them to become world leaders. You see, the Jews didn't want peace. They wanted to kick the Romans out of Israel. The only peace they wanted was what would happen after the war with Rome. Now, I'm sure you'd also agree with me that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those who build up and those who tear down. It doesn't take too much effort on our part to be one who would tear down. But it does take someone who has a, a, a made-up mind and a willing heart to be a person that strives to edify and build up the body of Christ. Church, I, I'm pleading with you to understand that God is looking for people that God can make God's self strong in, people that will point out to others the good things that they are experiencing through their relationship with God. That they are at peace and and that that they need to share that peace with others. A peacemaker is also one who is prepared to pursue peace regardless of the cost. Remembering that God was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice by offering God's Son, Jesus Christ. And the psalmist urges us, in Psalm 34 verse 14, turn away from evil and do what is right. Strive for peace and promote it. Isn't that what God is asking of you and me? Friend, be a peacemaker. I believe that we must stand up in our society and not compromise our moral or ethical values. The reality is that if you don't have peace at home, how can you actually say that you'll bring about peace or be a peacemaker outside of it. So how can you and I be a peacemaker? For one, I think that if we pray for others who have no peace, pray with them that we will be able to help them to understand what it is to have peace. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 52 verse 7 said, how delightful it is to see approaching over the mountains the feet of a messenger who announces peace. A messenger who brings good news, who announces deliverance, who says to Zion, your God reigns. A true peacemaker helps others discover how they can have God's Holy Spirit In their life, through Jesus Christ, who brings peace. The the, the author of peace. And so maybe you came here this morning thinking that you would hear me talk about the need for peace in our world. And the need for people to promote it. But I believe it's far deeper than that. I believe that we are called, you and I are called to be peacemakers for God. To help others find real peace. Lasting peace. But it does start with me. And it starts with you. Peace where there can be storms going on around. Yet in the midst of it, we can sense something beautiful. Paul urged me and you to put on our shoes with a readiness to announce the good news of peace. And so in closing... My friends, my prayers is that as we go into the world, we will be peacemakers. That we will help realize that true peace can only be experienced through a living relationship with Christ. And that it is freely available to anyone through the Holy Spirit. It's a peace that will bring about our mental health, my mental health, your mental health. But it's a peace that we have to share so that we all together will know the peace of God. I pray that we may be known as children of God, because we were peacemakers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.